Let's get into this college football thing for a second here because even though there's a big slew of NFL games going on, I want to know what Vegas's perspective is on these conference championship games going on this weekend, especially in light of the fact that you've got some trepidation as to whether or not Washington, who's in that Final Four college football playoff picture, is going to get bounced out because of Michigan, even if they win, because that's the kind of impression the committee is given. What's Vegas's perspective on all of this? Vegas has one agenda. Who is the best team? We don't care how many losses you have. We don't care how many wins you have. We mm. care about how good are you? Who would be favored in a given game? So, for example, Penn State. This is a team a lot of people are saying, wow, if they win the Big Ten, they should, you know, a Big Ten champion should be in it. It's we say me. maybe, but right now we have them as the 12th best team in the country. Vegas believes there would be 11 teams favored over Penn State. So for us, and one of those teams, now a lot of people are going to be shocked. A lot of people are going to say, no way. We think LSU is oh, literally it. tied. No, the, stop it. Come well, on, RJ. Well, let me ask you a question, Stephen. Yes. LSU, Penn State, neutral field. You pick the winner. We bet 10000 on it. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not refuting that they may be better than Penn State. Okay, I'm good. refuting that they're one of the top four teams in the nation. Well, we've got them tied. We got them tied With for USC third. With USC and well, Clemson. Now, let me ask you, USC, you don't think USC belongs up there? No, I do not. All right, well, that's the beauty, right? Vegas has their opinion. Everyone has their own. We think USC would only be underdogs clearly to two teams, Alabama, Ohio State. Every other team, we think USC would at least be pick them. Against- Even Washington, who smacked them around. I'm, I'm sorry, they smacked Whoa, Washington back up around. A second, I, got back that I got that wrong. <laughs> USC smacked Washington around. I got you. I got you. And remember, okay. this is a great example of how we have to define what the committee what their objective is. If their objective is, is to say, all right, let's look at the resume. How impressive was the, was the performance across the whole season? That's a different conversation. And I agree with the committee's rankings are closer to that. If it's who's the best team right now, mm. the fact that USC midseason changed their quarterback, and since then they've been as good as anyone except maybe Alabama in the country, well, that's applicable right now. And the flip side is, what about a team, let's say, let me give you an example. I, I love to debate you on this kind of stuff. Let's say Alabama wins on Saturday in the championship game. But let's say an extreme hypothetical. Their six best players are injured. All right, so they're undefeated. Their six best players are injured. They're out for the rest of the year or the bowl game. Now, do you put them in the playoffs? Yes. Okay, so it really isn't about who the best team is at a given moment. It's about how well they've played across the Wait season. Wait a minute. But you said they win, yeah. but six of their players got injured. But they all but got we, injured in the fourth wait a quarter. But we also got to take into account Nick Saban. We got to take into account the pedigree that they have, the depth that they have, and what's the probability that their reserves are better than most starters in the country. The probability is very high, so I would still justify putting them in the top in a, as the tops in the nation. Okay, let's accept that because actually, I've talked to one wise guy who told me the second team at Alabama is the twentieth best team in the country. 
So literally, if you just took the whole second string, made a team out of them, they'd be about 20. So maybe you, but maybe you have a point there. But we've had scenarios before. We've seen it in basketball, especially where a team changes drastically for the negative late in the year, and the committee accounts for that. They say, well, yeah, their season was a number one seed. Cincinnati, that happened a long time, maybe 2000 or so. I think it was Martin got hurt, if I'm remembering now, and they actually seeded right. them differently. So let me ask you a question. Go ahead. What what is the commit when the committee gives us the four on Sunday? What do those four teams represent? Well, I think the four teams represent two things. Number one, who they feel the four best teams in the nation may actually be, but they also have to take into consideration those who have earned it. Even if there's a question mark as to whether or not they're the best. And I think that's what's dangerous. When there's a blend, when you really what you gave me was two answers, which yes. means there's not really not an answer. What you're saying, how is that weighted? How is it weighted? Well, let me ask you. Listen, listen. I want to get to some of these NFL games, but let me be very clear about this. If Penn State trounces Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, how can we definitively say Dwight, uh, Ohio State belongs in there better ahead of them? Well, I tell you this, Ohio State's number two. I can't fathom the fact they put them at two. Yep. Is the committee they're saying they're not going anywhere? They're, well, not, they're going not going, anywhere. going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. But what I'm saying is, not only did they beat Ohio State straight up, but Ohio State struggled with Michigan State. Penn State trounced them. Trounced them. All right, they trounced Michigan State. I don't know how you ignore that. I would personally because Ohio State beat Michigan and Michigan trounced Penn State. But that would be my greatest argument. And, and I'll tell you this. I think Michigan, I don't see any scenario that Michigan makes it. Because think about it. The winner of the Big Ten, if it's Wisconsin or Penn State, mm-hmm. the idea that you would put, let's say that one, let's say either Clemson loses or Washington loses, right? So one yep. of the two. And there's almost a 50% chance, if you look at the odds, that one right. of the two will lose. The winner of the Big Ten, I think, is almost a lock at that point to jump Michigan. Because you can't put two teams. If you have any political considerations, which we let know me tell the you committee. This, but, RJ, let me tell you this right now before I get to these NFL games. If Washington struggles tonight against Colorado or loses – Michigan State's going to the Final Four. Uh, Michigan, yes. So Michigan, I'm sorry. Not so Michigan State. What, Michigan, so what you're saying is Michigan, Michigan. you think there's, they're going to put two Big Ten teams in the Final Sizzle. Four you know, and no. not the Ratings. Big Ten champion? Ratings. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Dabo Sweeney, and Jim Harbaugh. Hey, I'd love it. I think it probably is, that, is, is, is justified. That's what the committee will do. But I don't, they, I'm not saying it's right. They but would completely. Based on what they said, based on what they said, when they put Colorado up in there, I don't trust the committee. I think that's exactly what they'll do. That would completely neuter the conference championships. I don't think that's they're right. going to be willing to do that. We'll see. RJ Bell right here with Stephen A. Sears, XM Mad Dogs Sports Radio. Let's get to these NFL games because you got a slew of NFL games to touch on. Kansas City Chiefs plus four and a half. At Atlanta, talk to me. And we'll just go through. You know, I'll give you real quick on these games. Atlanta, best team in the in the. 
NFL, if you look at the yards per play, which the wise guys love that stat, KC's a team that just seems to win. Last 23 games, 19-4, and four, almost hard to believe straight up. But I think it's a real bad situation for KC. They played five quarters last week on the road at Denver. Now they have this game, and they have Oakland next week. I think there's a little look ahead. I lean Atlanta. Houston plus six and a half at Green Bay. I thought Aaron Rodgers, I thought he might have lost that team, but it was his best game last week. And I think the Packers are still in it. They're competitive for the playoffs. Houston, now we do our power rankings, 1-32 to every week, NFL teams. There's only five teams we have ranked below Houston. They have a great record, not much respect. I lean Packers. What is this about Oswald possibly being the worst quarterback in the NFL, according to you wise guys? I had a conversation with a guy, an NFL specialist I respect, and he went down the list and says, tell me who's playing worse than Osweiler right now. You might say McCow, or I'm sorry, you might say Kessler from the Browns. Let me ask you, you follow it as close as anyone, who is clearly playing worse than Osweiler? Nobody that's, nobody's clearly playing worse. Yeah. Um, Osweiler's a huge disappointment. I mean, Bill O'Brien and them are so scared of what he can't do, they got him dipping and dunking all day long. And let's talk about O'Brien real quick. This is a guy that had a reputation as a quarterback coach. How many quarterbacks have they brought in and out of Houston well, at yeah, this yeah, point? Yeah, you're talking about I, I know Yates. You're talking about uh, um, uh, was Schwab there? Or was, I think was the last first year. I think the, yeah, the, the, the first year he was there. Uh, you got Oswala now. I, I don't even remember who the hell they had else. Yes, last year they had about four different quarterbacks. It's kind of bad that they can't find a quarterback. It really is. And and now that they've spent that money, you might say, well, cut them loose. But all that front money is going to hurt them. For, you know that dead money is going to hurt them for years no to question come. now the eagles plus two and a half plus two i'm sorry at cincinnati what's up with this yeah a lot of cincy money here because the sense was the Bengals. the season was over and let's be candid monday night football everyone watches it and it's a situation where if you play really well people get super optimistic you play poorly they get pessimistic well philly did not look good at all in that game so it's surprising remember as we talk about every week home field is three if the Bengals are two at home it means that the eagles are just slightly better than a team with a horrible record. I think it shows right now not a lot of respect in Vegas for the Eagles. Y'all giving Detroit Lions a lot of points, man. Plus six at New Orleans. Boy, talk about a lack of respect. You got the team leading their division. The Lions getting six with the Saints. Saints, really though, if you look at them last week, they've played some of the better games of the year. If you just said, what's the ten most impressive performances of the year? One game for a team? I think the Saints might have two of them. This team, when they get hot, is really, really tough. They have a really strong home field advantage if you look at it over time. And I think they're, if you look at the Saints, they're five and six, but they've played some really, a really tough schedule. I think it's an o or an underrated team, the Saints. And you can see that with the fact that they're laying six here. That said, I don't know if there's a better team in football playing from behind right now. If you look at Stafford, I mean, this is hard to believe. Last 19 games, 19 games, 38 touchdowns. Seven interceptions. That'd be one of the best seasons in the history of the NFL. So I actually lean Lions because I think the back door is open. RJ, minutes, uh, Denver's minus three and a half at Jacksonville, but Trevor Simeon has just been ruled out due to a foot injury, and it's just been, been announced on the NFL Network that uh, Paxton Lynch will start a quarterback for the Denver Broncos. What do you make of that? 
I think it's a slight downgrade. You know, talking to a film guy who, you know, the the line on Simeon was, oh, okay, wait till they get film on them. They're going to be very conservative, uh, the, the Denver con plays. But once the opponents have film, they're going to really figure them out. But he's actually played pretty well the last month or so, uh, surprisingly well. So I think it's a small downgrade, but not much. So I'll see what the new line is, but I wouldn't expect it to change too much. I think Denver is, you know, in that AFC West, you can't really look ahead very much because there's three competitive teams. And, and the thing that makes it shocking about how good the West is, is if you actually look at San Diego, the worst team in the West, they actually are power rated better than any team in the AFC Central. So literally what we're – or I'm sorry, the AFC South. Check that. The AFC South. So imagine the idea that the worst team in the West would be the best team in the, in, in the Central or in the South. And it goes to show you it's a very competitive division, so I don't expect Denver to look ahead. Los Angeles Rams plus 13 at the New England Patriots. No respect at all uh, for Jeff Fisher's team. I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised. Well, what would you make the line? Well, no, no, no. I was joking. They deserve <laughs> it. You know, I don't. I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I think that Jeff Fisher, he has no business being a head coach in the NFL. Usually I would say a head coach not at a particular job. But when you've had 22 years to be a head coach in the NFL and you only have six winning seasons and you haven't had a winning record since 2008 and you haven't won a playoff game since 2003, the fact that you are still a head coach in this league is an atrocity, period. Well, but you know the question is, who would replace? Like, that's oh, please. What, How hard is it to find somebody to replace that record? Well, that's what I'm saying, though. If you look at the NFL, I mean, let me just ask you. If you take the, the top 16 coaches and eliminate them and look at the bottom half of the league in coaching, do you think there's a, a plethora of great coaches just you waiting? You know what? To- let me tell you what there's a plethora of, RJ. A plethora of dudes getting paid less than what Jeff Fitz is getting paid Maybe. to do what he's doing. How about I hear that? you. Maybe he should be getting paid a million and a half, which is still a lot of money, obviously, but relative to other coaches. But I just – everyone's always saying – you know, it's like Cincinnati and Marvin Lewis. It's like fire him, fire him. It's like, well, who's going to replace him? Unless you're a program like the Steelers, like you know, which rarely changes coaches, or like the Packers that can get their pick of guys oftentimes, it's hard to replace these moderate, mediocre guys with better guys. By the way, real quick in this game, I like the Rams here, though. Patriots have no motivation to blow out the Rams. They just want to win the game. And when you're getting 13 or so, now that Gronk is out and Brady is hobbled, Brady is less than 100%. They won't lose much with Martellus Bennett there. I'm telling you, I agree, but it's been the, I agree with you, but the two tight ends has been what's most effective. Let me give you one stat. If you look at the last 37 times the Pats have been favored by double digits, they're 33 and 4 straight up. So they win the games. But against the spread, 11, 25, and 1. Even the Patriots don't cover double digits. I like the Rams. Miami plus three and a half at Baltimore. You know, this is a tale of two streaks. For streaks for Miami. Because one, when they had their offensive line intact, they were amongst, you know, top eight, nine, ten teams in the league. They've kept winning since their offensive line has been hurt, but there's been some luck. So to me, there's two guys that are questionable on the O line. I think you've got to wait and see. It's Tunsil and one other. You got to wait. I think it's Albert left tackle. You got to wait and see how the O line looks. If it's four fifths healthy, I like Miami here. If it's two fifths healthy, I like Baltimore. It really is about the O line for Miami. Buffalo Bills plus three at Oakland. That's basically even right there, isn't it? 
Exactly. Wow. I love it. I love the Vegas perspective from Stephen A. But think about that. We have a team that's nine and two against a team at six and five. The home team's only favored by three, and they're nine and two. What does that tell you? Vegas is not impressed with the Raiders yet. Obviously, the results have been outstanding, but Vegas really believes Oakland has had a huge element of luck. Now, what is one of the ways luck is shown in the NFL? It's winning close games, and because there is a coin flip element to some of these close games. In games decided by less than a touchdown, the Raiders are five and zero. That's why their records are low and. That's why this line is so low. I actually think it's too low. I think the Bills are a little overrated, so I do like the Raiders laying the three. Tampa plus three and a half at San Diego. Now, this is fascinating because there's a trend here. It's going to take just 30 seconds, but it's so insightful. When you have a team win as a clear underdog at home, Right, three points or more, and that's what the Pats or the the the, the uh, Tampa Bay did last week. Right, and then they play on the road the next week. That team is 40% against the spread since 1990, and we're talking 340 games. Now, why is that logically? You've been with the teams. You understand it. You win that game. You're excited. You had the upset. But if you have a road game the next week, you've got to be meticulous and focused on that game. Well, maybe they don't start until Tuesday. Maybe it's an extra day of being happy about that win. Historically, Tampa's in a really bad spot because of that upset over Seattle, and that's the reason I do lean San Diego here. I don't know what the hell has happened to Bruce Arians and the Arizona Cardinals. Washington's plus two and a half at Arizona. What a disappointing year for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, Arizona was a top three or four team entering the year based on the Vegas rankings, and clearly not that now. And as we've talked about, home field is three, so that's telling us that they actually think Washington is the better team right now. And I think that's true because of motivation. We have a theory, and we talk about it a lot, the dream crusher. What's the dream crusher? When you have a dream, and then the game after that dream is crushed. So obviously Arizona's dream was to make the playoffs. Now that that seems borderline impossible, you got to wonder, that first game after their dream is crushed, how much motivation how much fever pitch are they going to have i think it's a big question for arizona this game now eventually week or two later the teams start to get back to normal but right now i think that disappointment is the biggest factor in the game so i would lean washington new york giants big time game this weekend plus six at the pittsburgh steelers so who do you like here Pittsburgh steelers I do, too. I think so. You know, we talked about the anatomy of being overrated. Close wins. Less than a touchdown. Giants 6-1. and one. Strength of schedule for the Giants. Number 28 in the NFL. And they've had scheduling advantages. Last time they had a road game, a true road game, was October 9th before last week, which was at the Browns. Right? So imagine, you haven't played a road game since October 9th. And now you got the Browns last week. That's not so tough. Now yep. finally a tough one, right? So they've had it fairly easy. Pittsburgh's home field advantage is really strong. They've been well over 50% at home against the spread, well below it on the road. And I think the motivation for Pittsburgh is max. They can't lose many games and still make the playoffs. They're pretty much out of the wild card. So it's them and Baltimore dueling. So I think you see max motivation. I like Pittsburgh laying the six. Sunday night football, Carolina Panthers, another disappointing team, plus seven 
at Seattle. I want to know what your thoughts about that. I also want to know what your thoughts about, real quickly, about Gettleman letting Josh Norman get away. Got to be a big, regrettable decision on this part. Yeah, but I think it's more than that. I, I, I like teams like Belichick that have the trust. Because here's the thing. When you sign these big free agents, oftentimes you're afraid of the fans. It's like you don't want the fans to say, second guess, you you let them go. I respect the programs or the teams that will let a guy go if they think he's asking for too much money. That said, I love Seattle here because I think it's that same dream crusher theory for Carolina. That loss to the Raiders, that's pretty much knocked them out of the playoffs. And Seattle, well, who beat them last year in the playoffs? It was Carolina, and they got embarrassed. And you can expect a fever pitch. I think Seattle has the best home field in the NFL right now, the most uh, value for home field. It's a Sunday night game, and Seattle does even better late in the year. Check this out. Last five seasons, Seattle in the month of December, 18-3-1 against the spread. I'm laying it with Seattle, minus seven. RJ, I could have asked you about the Indianapolis Colts at the Jets since you have them before a pick em, but my belief is this. Since you have them as a pick em, right, that basically means you probably don't care out of Vegas. Why should we care? The Jets and the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Should we even care? Well, let me tell you this. This is what on July 4th, there is tons of betting, not in Vegas, but online, on the hot dog eating contest. So anytime there's like something on TV, Vegas cares wow. to bet on it if they can. 